Welcome hey. everyone to the Cocky Cockpit where you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is episode 31 of the Cocky Cockpit and we're live from the servers of twitch.tv and youtube.com. I'm your host from the outpost, David Frischkorn, and joining me this week, as always, my co-host, get your fingers on the trigger because this man gets more political than Palpatine, Cole Egbert. Hey, what's up guys? Dave, you look a little drunk. Do I look, I look drunk? Just a little bit. All right, well, I mean, this is the cocky cockpit. We're, yeah, we're, we're hashtag off, get cocky in this shit. We're off to a good start. We are off to a good start. So what have you been up to this week? Oh man, well, you know, I've, I've not been up to too much. Uh, I started a new diet, trying to shave a little bit of all this fluff off of here. I need you know? to start running myself. I'm starting to, starting yeah. to show. I'm, yeah. I'm not liking it. Yeah, I got into, uh, some, a friend of mine introduced me to the Russian kettlebell swing. You heard of that? No. What the no, fuck they're is like this? These, they're like these giant weights, you know, 40, 50 pounds, and they've got a big wide handle on the top, and you, like, swing them okay. back and forth. And supposedly, it's good for your ass. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's it's like your posterior chain. Like, it's okay. all the muscles from the back bottom of your skull down to your legs. All right. right. And so, theoretically... If you do this particular exercise, it boosts your metabolism through the roof, and you can burn way more fat. Ah, so, okay. who knows? I mean, you know, it's been it's been one of those kind of weeks for Some me. Jedi mind trick shit right there now, in your body. Of course. Now, I know in in the Star Wars world, there's been some other stuff going on. Uh, there's been some interesting articles being written around the internet. <laughs> there's been a lot of shit going down this past week. A lot of it, it's it, it's been a shit show in the Star Wars community. And uh, we'll talk more on that term uh, as, uh, you know, the show goes on. But first, let me yeah, talk to you, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> let me talk to everyone checking it out for the very first time. If you are one of those people, let me start by saying thank you for checking us out. We are the Cocky Cockpit. We are a group of content creators from here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who like to keep our head in the cockpit and make Star Wars videos, podcasts, and live streams just like this here, the Cocky Cockpit podcast where each week's topics are as random as a blaster but intended for a more civilized age so if you guys like that we would love for you to become a member of the scum simply hit that follow and subscribe button and then if you've already done that we want you to help us support the show there's many different ways you could do so if you're watching us live like you can every sunday night at 8 p.m eastern we want you to join the chat we want you to be part of the show Simply just let us know your thoughts, comments, questions, and concerns in the chat as we discuss each topic so we can highlight you and make you part of the show. If you missed the live stream, no big deal, and you're checking us out via um, video on Facebook or YouTube, simply just drop us a like and a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And if you guys are listening to uh, us via MP3 on any of the podcast providers, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, you name it, we're pretty much on it. We would love it if you guys would just swing by and leave us an awesome review. It goes a long way for us. This week's show is sponsored by Intergalacticon, Youngstown Comic Con, and RepublicT.com, but we will talk more about them here shortly. Let's get right into it. Cool, where do you want to start? Oh, uh, there's just so many interesting things to talk about. I think I think the thing that you said about you know, the, about community, or is if that's even the right term anymore, is an interesting thing to think about. Mm. Um, because you know, this this week, I mean, there's there's been a bunch of stuff that's that's sort of come out this week that is, um, for lack of a better word, on the more um, 
political end of of the Star Wars talking sure. points. I it's guess your, you could say it's your fucking jam, right? This this is this is sort of my uh, my little area here. Um, it's uh, I, I was hoping we could get uh, we could get Heathen James on, but you know he, I got, he's a busy man. I, he's a very busy man, but I did get a couple of uh, Facebook replies from him that oh, I, sure. I would love well, to highlight on the show. He's listen. He's on it on on Facebook, man. For anybody <laughs> that that does not follow him, man, he he's He's on top of things, um, but so okay. So we got a we got a couple of different articles that came out. I think there were a couple in Forbes. There was one from Vanity Fair, Vanity I Fair. Say, that we were looking at. Um, and, and and so this is kind of coming off of um, this is coming off of I guess a, a, a chain of of thinking or or argument in the community. I guess you could say community um, for. I mean, it's it's basically been since. Force Awakens came out. Right. Um, that this has been part of the conversation. Um, you know, as much as as Star Wars has really been part of the zeitgeist since it it, it came out, um, and each new iteration of Star Wars now, because we're now in the third, or I guess you could say the second revival of Star Wars. Um, you know, each new time, it's it's sort of marked a major shift in in pop culture itself. I guess. And so it's it's interesting in one sense to look at how the new Star Wars, since it's been acquired by Disney and it's been helmed by Kathleen Kennedy, who we'll talk about, mm-hmm. has sort of differed and and how the conversation around it is different from even what we talked about when the prequel trilogy came out. Um, and what that is specifically... Um, now, this it's, it's, not, it's been leveraged mostly at, at 7 and, and 8 in particular... Is is this argument that really just gets into the core of what's been happening in the political, right? So for anybody that doesn't, I don't know. If you don't follow politics, you right. should be aware of this. Stuff. The, I mean, this you know, even someone who's not heavy into politics is seeing this unfold in front of their own eyes. Right, right, and the, and it goes beyond Star Wars to some degree. I mean, you're really you're really seeing this in a, in the political. Uh, arena right now. I I mean, I think it started you know probably back in. Somewhere between like 2008, 2010, um, with with the Obama administration, and then it's only you know it's only gotten worse uh, since Trump has been elected and in the. I mean, sure. you know, and we've we've really reached a point where you, you know I think anybody can, has sort of noticed that in the national dialogue, nobody is talking to anybody anymore, right? right? So you know, I I mean, for those that are uh, that are a more mature audience, you could say. You know, if you're like us, you probably remember a point in time when even for somebody like Dave, for example, that's not quite as politically obsessive as I am, you know, we remember a point in time pre like 2000 and again, 2006 through 2010, somewhere in between, somewhere before that chunk of time when, you know, Democrats didn't really like Republicans and Republicans didn't really like Democrats, but everybody more or less tried to get along. Right, you know, you had actual consensus in 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 uh, Congress reached from time to time. Like there was there was there was constructive dialogue going on, and that's pretty much completely gone by the wayside. And it's been replaced with this identity politics game, mm-hmm. um, which we can you know we can talk a little bit more about what that is right. as we get into things. But what re- what it really boils down to, and that's what we're talking about this week, is how the how the political discourse that we've seen in the country has sort of crept into Star Wars right. and what that's doing to not just the franchise, but as you've said, the community, or, right. or if, that, if we can call it that anymore. So let's, let's start talking a little bit about the community. 
we say community, and basically what has unfolded with Star Wars fans versus Star Wars, right? So right. The, the biggest thing... a good thing, distinction to make. Right. The biggest thing that's happened this week is the fact that uh, Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran uh, was driven off of social media uh, due to coordinated troll and uh, troll attacks <laughs> uh, via racist and, uh, you know... Sexist comments? Yeah, sure. So, so from what we understand, right, it was so. For those that don't know, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, she played what's the character's name Rose. again? Rose. Rose in in episode eight. You know, see, it's forget. It's a very <laughs> forgettable character. Um, she played Rose in episode eight, and uh, my understanding, right, she's bet she's on a couple different social media platforms. I mean, most celebrities are mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form on social media, um, and uh, and and she was basically harassed harassed and uh, you know a lot you know racist slurs sexist slurs all sorts of stuff to the point that she basically called it quits and and removed the stuff deleted her social media whatnot um and then and then this isn't actually the first time that this has happened either um you know we had the basically a very similar thing that happened with daisy ridley after i think it was episode seven episode seven yeah yeah, yeah. um so so that in, I think, there, 2016 right so there seems to be the, the a sort of pattern going on here um, you know, and I think this this was one of the one of the Forbes articles, right? Right. Was, it was really getting into, um, you know, it, it was an opinion piece, so it's important to remember that the writer is bringing a certain um, bias to the table it, it, when we're talking about these issues. But but it, it, it's 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 kind of it's a good starting point to talk about some stuff that's been sort of happening in the right. community. Now, in terms of bias, right? I I am of the opinion that when you're going to talk about anything like this, that's a little bit stickier or you know that 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 has a tendency to you know either piss people off or whatever it is, which this is absolutely a topic that does that. I think it's important to own up to your bias at the beginning, right? So I am not claiming, you know, and I'm not claiming to go into this conversation as an impartial, uh, you know, as as some sort of impartial person who's standing in the middle. Politically, I am registered as a Republican to vote in the state of Pennsylvania. I consider myself, uh, you know, sort of towards the, the middle right, you know, I'm definitely on the right side of the aisle um, when it comes to politics. So I, I you know, I, I very much am, uh, philosophically, you could say an individualist, right? That's, that's really the approach that I bring to this. And so I'm going to tend to lean, you know, to the political right. I'm going to tend to lean Republican in most of my, my Opinions when it comes to these issues, so I, I always want to make sure I own up to things like that sure. up front because you know I don't want it to be said that oh you're just this really biased person like no I'm admitting that right and that this is coming from that perspective and I think another another thing to get on the table as we start this discussion is both me and you are not fans of the Last Jedi. For the most part, sure. Um, I know. I know there were, you know, th that overall you liked it a little bit better. You were willing to forgive some things that I wasn't, but that you're, you know, it what it still was not your favorite Star Wars. Yeah, it's stretch. definitely at the bottom, like t toward the bottom of the barrel when it comes to my favorite Star Wars film. So Agreed. we're we're not super pro uh, Last Jedi, and we're not. I think we could both agree that uh, Kelly Marie Tran's character Rose is, in fact, probably the worst character. Of this trilogy, if not of this, yeah. Saga. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if she's the worst character in the whole saga, but I mean, she was she was, it, it, you know, to to speak to the to the articles in question, right? Which we're going to get into. 
from a purely artistic standpoint, right, she did not act the character well, the character was not well written, the character was shoehorned into a lot of scenes, a lot of scenes seemed like they were shoehorned into the movie for the character. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I, I, my feeling about the character isn't so much, you know, isn't, it's not, it's nothing along the lines of the harassment she was receiving, which obviously is, for the people who are doing that, it's immature, right? right. If, if, if any of you guys are cocky cockpit fans and you're harassing people for these things to the point that they're deleting their social media account, like, don't be an asshole. Right. You know. Get cocky, but don't be an asshole. Right, right. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't, be, don't be that guy. Right. And um, I, think that's, I think that's the biggest message we need to take away from this is, you know, yeah, so Kelly Marie Tran is being harassed to, and here's the thing is, let's what's put it this way. She is being harassed, but we don't know the official, we don't have an official statement from Kelly Marie Tran as to why she deleted her Facebook. We have some very, very hard evidence, or not Facebook, but Instagram. Mm-hmm. We have some very, very hard evidence, and there's been a lot of assumptions as to this is why she did it. Um, I mean, when you look at her Instagram, I mean, you can, what's it, what's called the um, rewind time or whatever the hell the site is where you can go back and you can look at deleted web pages and and look at web pages from days ago you can still go and look at her instagram and mm. you know there are in fact racist comments calling her calling her oh, yeah, ching absolutely. chong ching and <laughs> like all this other bs and saying that she's you know mm. she's ruined star wars and she's the worst character ever and she's a piece of shit and like all of this stuff and don't get me wrong like those people are are garbage right no, those yeah, are the people if you have to attack an actress for some for her just doing her job, hell, if you would have put me in the position of Rose and handed me that script, well, you would have. That wouldn't have worked. But 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 you see what I'm saying is you could make me the next Jar Jar Binks in the Star Wars universe, and I would proudly read it just to be in this fucking movie. Oh sure, I mean, not, you know, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you want me to be a fucking gonk droid, and I'm in. Exactly. You know, like that's that's not that's not the question. She is. She's just doing her job. She's. Right. I feel like honestly, she performed the role to pretty much the best of her ability, mm-hmm. and I feel like the her. Acting in the film isn't of question here. It's the writing and the direction absolutely, of this character absolutely. that and everyone has criticism about, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what this is. Yeah, these people, these these toxic Star Wars fans, is it's been completely. There are some of them out there, certainly. I think it's important. You know, th- that's an important thing to really to really remember when you talk about this stuff. Is that you know, in the last however many episodes it's been since, uh, you know, since I think episode eight at the very least is when we've really started to focus on this channel. You know, I've had a lot of criticisms for for episode eight, for, you know, Solo, episode seven. I've had a lot of criticisms for Kathleen Kennedy, Lucasfilms, Disney, the whole shebang. Like, right. I've had a lot of, of in, mo- in many cases, politically motivated issues with what's going on. Um, but the important thing to remember there is that, uh, to me, there, you know, an actor is not, not going to be his fault. Speaking as someone who's a bit of a, an industry insider, right, who's done a lot of work with um, with stage theater, who's done a lot of, uh, of film work, you know, I've done a bit of acting, writing, primarily directing. You know, when you look at when you look at these types of the types of issues that we've spoken about on this channel, we're primarily talking about the the writers, we're primarily talking about the directors, and then you know the overall sort of. I guess you could say creative masterminds behind things, right? Yeah. When I when I say you know make my criticism of of the character Ray that she's this Mary Sue character and who's not interesting at all, 
I 100% believe that to be true, but I don't blame any of it on Daisy Ridley. I mean, I don't think she's the best actress in the world. Um, she's okay. Right. But, you know, regardless of, of how the character is received or what the character does or anything like this, like, you know, there's there's not much to gain from, you know, laying that on the feet of the actor other than maybe some sort of weird personal self-satisfaction. I mean, really, the, the issues that we're having are... You know, issues that we would take up with 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 Ryan Johnson, with right. JJ, with Kathleen Kennedy. You know, the people that are at the helm of these projects are the ones making these the artistic decisions, and those are ultimately what at least my issues with the, with the newer series are. And I think with when you when you look at the majority of Star Wars fans who are not happy with what Episode Eight turned out to be, who are not happy with the direction that we're seeing things going from seven to eight who, you know, had issues with certain elements of Solo, right? The people that are, are having these more politically motivated issues, like me, the vast majority of them are, are, are not the trolls that you're seeing posting mm -hmm. and, and, and are not as um, single-minded or, or intensely, you know, I guess you could say bigoted as the, these trolls seem to be. It's an important thing to remember, you know, when we talk about politics, for those that aren't particularly schooled, right? When you look at the right side of the aisle, Republicans, there's a wide spectrum of belief here. That from people that are, you know, slightly right-leaning, you know, libertarians that are that really like to play things down the central, all the way to, you know, an extreme religious right. People that believe that maybe separation of church and state isn't such a great idea, which, you know, me personally, I think it is, of course. Um, to a very small subsection that's kind of risen up in the current political scheme, and that's the the alt right, right? And this is primarily internet trolls that live in their mother's basements, right? You know, and and they, these people are primarily, you know, they're on 4chan, they're on certain websites out there, and and these people are are primarily the people who are responsible when you see stories in the news about so and so was called all these sexist things on Twitter and you know whatnot. This is generally who these people are, and the thing that's important to remember is is that. What's been talked about in some of the articles we were looking at this week, especially the ones from Forbes who are saying that this is just an extremely vocal minority, that is true, um, that, this is, that the people who are doing this harassment, they are an extremely vocal minority. But I think that it is, it is, there's a bit of flawed logic there because when we look at the, this, the particular Forbes article, not the one about, about Tran, but the one about, um, about Kathleen Kennedy, I think okay. it was, uh, was, was basically saying that, you know, all the people that are disagreeing with this movie and that are disliking that are uh, sort of threw the, everybody under one umbrella, right? Which is basically to suggest that it's just this really tiny portion, and then the vast, vast majority of the Star Wars fandom, like ninety percent, seems to be what they're implying or more, are totally fine with the direction and they love the new movies and everything's great and and it's amazing and that's why eight did so well and you know and and because actually most people really like it and that's just simply not true. I mean, there's a very, very large not nearly as vocal portion of the fan base. I mean, much, much larger than the people who are doing this this trolling mm -hmm. who do not like these movies and uh, or the way that the, the that the movies have been going. And that there's there's multiple different reasons for that. Right. You know, and that's an interesting thing to get into, you know, because for me, some of those reasons are a little bit more, I guess you could say political. You know, Dave, you're somebody that's a little less political. You're more towards the center line of right. of, of politics. Sure. So for you, you know, you have some of these complaints, but they're not, they don't take quite the same form that they do for me. Sure. You know, there's, there's a, a really wide nuanced field of conversation to be having here. And what we have with with all of the you know the news reporting quote unquote that's being done on this um, is is a really just clear example by people who are on 
you know, the, the far left or the radical left, mm-hmm. um, the, the, you know, basically the purveyors of this identity politics culture that's sort of infected our national discourse, that, that, that's what they're trying to do, is they're trying to make it look like dissension is being done on the part of this tiny little group of, of trolls, when that's simply not the case. Right. Right? It ignores this vast amount of nuance in the, in the community. See, now the, the whole thing about uh, fans trolling Star Wars and this whole idea of, oh, the, the fan base has never been so divided or this toxic, and it's like, you're not, I mean, really, it has. It's always been like this. Whether you guys like to fucking admit it or not, the fan base has always been like this. If you look all the way back to, you know, back in the original uh, trilogy days, you know, George Lucas was getting fucking hounded back in, even in the prequel <laughs> days. You look at Jake Lloyd and where he's at nowadays we because have, we didn't have of Facebook all the fucking bullying <laughs> and cyberbullying and all this BS shit that, like, you know, then you look at Hayden Christensen. Dude, it wasn't even until, you know, what, two years ago, Celebration, that he actually came out of the fucking woodwork for anything Star Wars. You look at Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman basically kind of pushes her way away from the Star Wars uh, mm-hmm. franchise. This is nothing new. Sure, not, sure. You know, not to mention we talked about um, we talked about Daisy Ridley already leaving this toxic Star Wars fans and this whole uproar against them. Right? Yes, I think we do need to kind of unite and 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 speak out. You know, and cause more positively uh, positivity in the Star Wars community to basically snuff out. I won't even say snuff out, but basically put that minority of this toxic toxic star wars fan to that just that it's a minority you know don't feed the trolls is what we kind of always talk about now i did right. reach out to heathen james and you know sent him you know we, we got talking on that and i'd like to read one of his uh, messages he says um i just think that if you have an online presence you need to have thick skin Absolutely. if you cave in and run off and do uh, and, and and all you do is show me that you can't handle criticism which most this is most of what she's getting. I went way b- and uh, to I went to Wayback Machine and looked up some stuff. And while there were some comments that were God tier uh, <laughs> spurgouts, most of them were just pointing out how stupid her character was. Now, granted, why you would go out of your way to say that shit to a, that person, I wouldn't take Mark, Ham- Mark Hamill for instance. <laughs> I'm 180 degrees from him on the political issues, but I wouldn't blow up his DMs or Twitter with my input. He doesn't care. Right. And this this is precisely the point here, which is that, you know, my message as somebody who is very open about a right-wing bias to other people that might be feeling the same way is something like this, which is if you disagree with it, mm-hmm. if you don't like the direction that it's going, the worst thing that you can do is make a giant ass of yourself. Correct. You know, I, I, it, you know, it's important to have the nuanced conversation. And when we, you know, when we talk about the 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 news reporting and that's been done in the last week or so on these different websites, these articles that are out there. You know, the objection that I'm taking to these articles is not, of course, that they're pointing out that this that this trolling exists. I mean, obviously, it's happening. You know, nobody no, nobody rational is going to deny that. It's more the the way that they're they they're taking it, the way that they're they've gone with it to to try to suggest that that it's only this tiny minority that nobody disagrees with them unless they're an unreasonable racist, sexist right. asshole, big you know person. 
uh, which, you know, this is what's been going on in the discourse. When we talk about identity politics, I mean, that's really what we mean, is the, uh, there's this idea, you know, the, I think the first article that, that you had sent me, um, it was like the, the first two or three paragraphs oh, were just... I, were, I, were, I think it's the Kathleen Kennedy one, and I'll read, I'll read might, that one. I, it, might be, it might be the one before, but it was, it was like the first like two or three paragraphs of the, first, the very first one that you, that you sent to me. I mean, it was it was just the author just going off on this rant about how you know it, the the original Star Wars was like a white power fantasy and like all the people anyone that disagrees with the the new diversity that's being added with the the new revival you know the only reason that you would be against that diversity being there is because you're you're some angry white boy that is upset that they're corrupting you know the, this thing. Which is which is obviously complete nonsense. It's that's identity politics. It's character assassination. It's the suggestion that the people that you disagree with, you know, it, they don't have a valid point. They're just they're just bad, mm -hmm. right? And that's and that's what we I think we need to get away from, right? You know, because when I talk about, you know, we have uh, on this on this show, we've talked about diversity in, uh, you know, in this new series because it's been it's never had a blaring spotlight put on it. You know, uh, I think the Kennedy article uh, made a comment about like, oh, if, if the internet had existed back when Empire Strikes Back came out, would we have had a bunch of trolls coming out being pissed off that Lando was a black guy? Right. You know, which is like, it complete nonsense, right? Yeah. It's a it's a straw man argument. You know that there was there was probably a little bit of that. I take it. I mean, it did. We did come out in the seventies, like less than twenty years after, less than fifteen years after civil rights. So like. Yeah, there was probably some of that out there, but but nobody that I have ever known has gone, man, it just sucked. Lando would be so much better character if he was white. Like, nobody cares right. is the point, right? What we object to, and what we're, I can't speak for you, what I object to when it comes to, say, take episode eight specifically with diversity is when it's very obvious that the goal was diversity. Right. Right? Diversity for its own sake doesn't it's it's not good for the franchise it's not good for anything it's it's a it's a weird cultural version of affirmative action right what what we want is to see the best character for the role cast right if 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 rose had been a little better written and a little better acted i doubt many people would have would have had an issue with her or but, if her character actually had a plot right any you know if if the character had made sense in the context of the movie basically People would have forgiven bad acting. I mean, you know, there are some people that have never forgiven Hayden Christensen, but I think the majority of the fandom is like fine with it now, right? For the most part. Because, I mean, well, because there are bigger things to to hack apart, I guess. But at the same time, like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, the 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 prequels they were okay. You know, they were fine. Right. Three kind of brought them up a little bit in terms of overall rating, enough to where we saw that, and okay, that's a good. That's a fine explanation of Anakin's backstory. Mm -hmm. Even though Hayden Christensen kind of sucked, you can still watch those movies and enjoy. Right. You know, there's a big difference that you got to with with Episode Eight when you make this when when you have this completely unnecessary plot line uh, uh, that that its presence there makes the movie worse. Uh, it, you know, a lot of things in it don't make sense. A lot of things were just shoehorned in to give you know, very obviously shoehorned in to give it more importance and to make certain things seem more important than so they were. you're telling me that the female is... The Force is not female. Well, the Force is completely androgynous, <laughs> but absolutely not. Um, and that gets a little bit into the Catholic... You need to talk about the identity politics right. argument. That's what it is. Right. is it, the, 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 fan, the fan base is not... The people that are upset about this, the reasonable people... We're, I, I, I think I can speak for that portion of, of the fan base being one of them myself, by saying that 
you know, we're not upset that there are, that, that, that the, the, the main character of the new trilogy is a woman. That's not what's upsetting. Right. You know, we're not upset that we've got, you know, a black guy as a main character and an Asian chick who's been introduced. We're not upset about, about the fact that there's diversity. Even though they were only cast because of their diversity. Yeah, even despite the fact that there's some clear affirmative action stuff happening, that's not what people are upset about. What people are upset about is the co-opting of the franchise, right? That that it's being turned into something that it was never meant to be, right? right? It never it never used to be a feminist text, right? Like you know, you, you can you can you can clearly point out like a movie that has a feminist agenda, right? In the sense that it is it is it is it is clearly meant to forward female interests. It's clear from a political perspective or a cultural perspective right the older star wars movies they were not misogynistic they weren't anti-woman but they also were not outwardly feminist which these new movies are they these new movies have a clear political agenda that they are forwarding whereas even the prequel trilogy did not so much politics was explored politics was a topic in the movies Mm -hmm. um as one of the articles we were reading uh, one of the forbes articles i think the kennedy one pointed out you know the the empire uh, from the original trilogy, right? They are they're very clear stand-ins for Nazi Germany. That's that's there. You know, there's there's political stuff going on. The central message is about freedom. It's about all this different stuff. Yeah, that's obviously true. But it was not from a political perspective that it was put in the movie. Well, the point wasn't to make a political point, right? The reason that the original trilogy will always be the best Star Wars movies is because they were archetypal stories. They were classic stories that are, you know, it was a retelling of stories that have that have that are hundreds, thousands of years old, and that's why it sticks with people. That's why it became so famous and why it's so permanent, right? When we look back 20 or 30 years from now, these Star Wars movies will not be considered exceptional films in the way the original trilogy was, and that's because they're not dealing with those kinds of big themes. They're not dealing really with good and evil. They're dealing with, we want to have a female Jedi that's the main character, and we want to have all these diverse people. Like That's the point that's being forwarded. So diversity is not bad, but 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 it's perfectly valid to be upset that we've taken something that used to be about these grand stories and this grand narrative, and and that it's being pushed in this direction where you know now, to to like the new Star Wars movies, I mean you've got to be on board with the with the messaging because it's very obvious. It's meant it's meant to be clear that this is a movie where you know now it's time for every movie to have a female lead. I mean. Of the four that have come out since Disney, the first one with a non-female lead is is Solo. Right. And even then we've got Kira, and she's more driving the events of the story than Han is. I mean, you know, it we've we've definitely we've definitely come into an era where the, the, the new Star Wars movies are very, very female driven, they're very diversity driven, and it's and it's very obviously for political purposes. You know, we might, you know, I might even be willing to forgive that if they were making good movies, mm-hmm. right? But the problem is, is that the writing has been garbage, the acting has been garbage, it's been directed, you know, from this position, and it's a perfectly valid thing to want to know, like, hey, is is the reason why the writing and the directing and the acting garbage, like, is, is the reason for that that their main goal is diversity instead of making a good movie? Mm-hmm. It's a perfectly worthwhile question. Well, so we, we talked a little bit about the community and the, the uprise of this community of these Star Wars fans. And I, I, I agree. I, I tend to gravitate toward other people who love Star Wars as kind of like one of our own, right? Like I kind of look at someone who, who I can, I see wearing a Star Wars shirt, I can immediately start a conversation with them. And there, there becomes a connection to, uh, between me and him very, very quickly. Now I want to get, I want to get your uh, input on this because Heathen James kind of weighed in. 
And he said, on the other side of the coin is this concept of community. I fucking hate the idea of these uh, people have uh, of fandom. I am a mm. fan, yes, but that's all I might be in the uh, and that's all I might have in common with someone else. That doesn't make us besties or fucking family. It means that we like this one thing, and you probably for very different reasons. It's stupid. <laughs> how do you, how do you kind of where do you kind of weigh in on this whole idea of like this community coming together for the rescue of Kelly Kelly Marie Tran and telling her that no 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 these these people are just awful people. We're all we're all really good people. How, where do you land on this? Yeah, so I I think that it's 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 a good point that that Jim's making, and I think it's an important one. Uh, to understand that that a community is not people are not necessarily just representatives of the community that they belong, right? right? And that's really what we what we're getting at when we talk about identity politics. In some way, that this this concept of fandom that's been put out by these you know radical left wing writers, these these authors, reporters, whatever you know want to call them, that that in some sense the position that's being put forward for them, they're using fandom as a classification. In the same way that they that, that the one writer was using white people and white angry white people in in you know the opening of his article, um, that 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 it's the the idea is to paint everybody with the same brush and that's and that's completely unrealistic. You know, I, probably the best example I can think of of this is um, for those that are not that are not familiar with this fact. Um, I played Magic the Gathering uh, semi competitively, semi professionally. Like I had, did a few pro tours. I, I mean, I, I probably played. Uh, more or less uh, competitively for about a solid 10 years. Then. Right. And I, I played for a very long time. Um, and with Magic the Gathering, <laughs> it's it's such a funny thing because in some sense, Magic the Gathering is this sort of tight-knit community where it's very easy to make friends with somebody if they share that interest, right? Because for the people that are into it, and Star Wars is very, very similar, it's not so. Much, it's not just an interest. It's not something that you're interested in so much as that it is a hobby, right? It is. It's something that you that you return to. It's something that you that you're interested in more. You know, more than just sort of a passing interest, right? You you know what's going on with the topic. You 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 follow news related to the topic, right? It's it's something that you you enjoy. So, and that's definitely true with the Star Wars fandom, right? Having having you know when you meet somebody that that knows that knows what Star Wars is and it's a big fan, right, it is easier to connect with them. And Magic Gathering, for me, was a good example of that because you could you could walk into any gaming store in the country, not know a, a, a damn person there on a Friday night, and, you know, you're, there's going to be 10, 15, 20 people in there playing Magic the Gathering. You can sit down with your deck of cards and, you know, if you're not a complete shut-in, you can probably make, uh, you know, a friend or two simply off the fact that you both share this thing, which is the, the, this big part of your life. On that, in that sense, yeah, there is that sense of community there. The reason I use Magic the Gathering as an example, though, is because it doesn't necessarily mean that everything's the same. In the Magic the Gathering community, there are more shitheads than, I mean, probably anywhere I've ever seen. Like, if you think that, you know, a few couple of, of alt-right, you know, idiots trolling Kelly Marie Tran is bad, I mean, you should see, you should meet some of the people that play Magic if you've never, uh, if you've never dabbled before. Because it's, because it's really bad. And I would not associate myself with those people. I would, I don't think of myself as being similar to them. The only thing that we have in common is that we play Magic. Right. And, and Star Wars is like this, and it's, and it's becoming more like this. And this is what people like me, for example, it makes me very sad to see, essentially, that, that this divisiveness is happening. Because 
the way that I look at it is, is that, yeah, I mean, if you, if you're, if you're, a, you know, if you're a young woman and you, and you grew up with Star Wars and you're a Star Wars fan like me, and there's, you know, and seeing Rey be this awesome character, you know, if that does something for you, then great. You know, that's, that's awesome. You know, I love that you have this character that you like and that she can be this feminist icon for you. That's all well and good. The, the, the place where, where, you know, we run into issues is when we start to talk about what it's doing to the franchise and how that's relating to the um, you know, it, it, you know, it, there's this idea that it's representative, right? That if you're part of, you know, that, that this fandom can be used as this blanket term, right? If you disagree with Disney's direction with Star Wars, then you're part of the, you're, you're the trouble fandom. You're mm -hmm. part of that bad fandom, right? It's, it's this way of labeling people, right? It's, it's the same way that if you, you know, if you disagree with, with, uh, with Democrat, uh, policies regarding illegal immigration, I mean, they don't even want you to say the terms illegal immigration now. Free speech no longer matters to these people. And so, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation, and it can get a lot deeper than that. Um, but but when it what I'm what, to to bring it a little bit back when what I'm talking about it is that you know you get painted with this brush, right? If you disagree with democratic illegal immigration policies, it's because you hate Mexicans, or it's because you are this this racist person, right? If you disagree with equal pay laws, um, which are nonsense, the wage gap doesn't exist. Ha ha. Um, if you disagree with these laws, it's because you hate women. You're a misogynist. You're you're a feminist. I mean, and 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 things like this have been said by the creative heads. J.J. Abrams actually said in an interview that if you don't like episode seven and eight, it's probably because you are afraid of powerful women. And we're gonna get to that here in just a and, second. And this is the bottom line point: is that what what when 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 you see people on the far left who are saying things like what's what's being said in these articles. Or trying to paint everybody with this broad brush. The point is to shut down argument. The point of it is to make people stop talking, right? And that's the important thing: you, is that we've got to be, we've got to be very, very, you know, for those of us that disagree with the direction that things are going. And I think it's the majority of the fan base. I would be willing to bet that it's more than fifty percent of Star Wars fans. Um, certainly, of Star Wars fans that were fans pre-Episode Seven, um, it's it's the majority. And and the important thing is that we have to keep talking about it. It's it's got to continue being a topic of conversation because as soon as it stops and we just accept that Star Wars is what it is now, then then Disney ju then they just get to run rampant with it. But but if people vote uh, with their 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 wallet like we did with Solo, right when we had. There, you know, contrary to what these articles say, I do believe that a large portion of the people that didn't turn out for Solo's first weekend did so because of Episode Eight and the direction that Disney's been going. We'll get that right. People are voting with their wallets. They're saying, "No, we don't like this direction." Right, and and the hope is that Disney will listen. Right now, it could be that Episode Nine will come out and everyone will go see it first weekend. It'll make a million, uh, you know, billion dollars again, and then they won't learn their lesson. But if people if people vote with their wallets, you know, if, if they let the free market work, if they don't turn out to see nine right away, like happened with Solo, then I think there's a very real chance that Disney's going to realize, like, oh shit, this is maybe not the best direction to take the franchise. Right. So Seabridge20 over there on Twitch.tv uh, weighed in on the chat. He says, the Kelly Marie Tran stuff was bullshit. While I'm completely fine with constructive criticism and all that... Um, but there are a lot of things said to her that were appalling and not how a normal human being should treat another human being. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's and that's that's really the distinction that we need to make. There's a difference between these pieces of shit who are saying racist and and you know sexist comments and just making her you know 
insulting her for the things that she literally can't handle, right? And then there is the people who, like us, who are making constructive criticism. Now, granted, I shouldn't, I, I, w I would never go uh, to her Instagram or Twitter or anyone's, you know, and go, hey, you know, you're a piece of shit because your character was awful, or, or even say on the lines of like, I hated you so much in this film, or your character was awful and ruined Star Wars. I would never say any of that. But if I, I, I tell you straight up, like, if I ever met Ryan Johnson in person, I would shake his hand and I would just say, just like Lando Calrissian, if he asked me what he, what I thought of the Last Jedi, I'd say, um, I don't like it, I don't agree with it, but I accept it, <laughs> right? Like that's exactly like I would look him sure, straight sure. in well, shaking so I, his hand. I don't know if I accept it or not, but but it, <laughs> <laughs> but me, this is but this I, is what I'm talking about when it comes to the Last Jedi. With me, is point. I can go okay. I get it. I sure. see where you're going with this. I can accept this. Sure. And I make my own little headcanon to make it okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, and to, to Seabridge's point, I think that's really what we're what we're trying to indicate here, and what my message is is like if you're listening and you're and you're an alt right troll who's posting on 4chan and doing all that stuff, like, hey man, like, it, it, I you know really think about what what you're doing when you, when you go and you post all that harassment, you know, all the the harassing shit on Kelly Marie Tran's Instagram. And it's and it's and this is the question. It's like. Are you just doing it because, you know, it's funny and, and you know, haha, I'm trolling people? Like, if so, like, sure, whatever. If you're going to, you're going to do it anyway. But if, but if it's, if you're, if you're doing it and it's coming from a genuine place of like, I'm unhappy with the direction things are going, then insulting people and, and, you know, coming out and just being nasty is not, that doesn't help the cause, right? What helps the cause is actual constructive dialogue. And it takes a little bit more effort to, you know, create these these nuanced positions for yourself and figure out what you think about things. But but ultimately, you know, it's it, that's the only way that you help the cause as opposed to hurting it when it comes to trying to get Disney and Lucasfilm to see that that the majority of the fandom is not happy with the way things have gone. Yeah. So I think this is a, a good point for us to kind of uh, move away from this topic. We're going to come back to this topic, but in another fashion. But first, I just want to talk about Real quick, one of our uh, great sponsors here over at the Cocky Cockpit, and that is Intergalacticon uh, 2018. By the time you're hearing this, the event's probably going to be over, but um, I will be there. Uh, we will be, uh, we'll have a table. We will uh, be hosting the Star Wars, uh, you know, the Skywalker feud, uh, family feud <laughs> kind of thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. So whether you're an expert level fan or just getting started, Intergalacticon invites you to free your fandom. At a con where you can relax, interact, and participate uh, uh, without the stress of large shows, this new comic convention opens the door to an ultimate uh, universe for fans. So if you guys are in the San Diego area and you have nothing else to do, definitely go check them out. Uh, Intergalacticonsd.com. We'll be there. Hope you guys are too. And we will uh, see you at the panels. It should be a good time. But sure. All right, so we talk about these toxic fans and, you know, people um, speaking up and, and stating their opinions, right, to, um, you know, whether it to be J.J. Abrams or to uh, Ryan Johnson or Kathleen Kennedy. Did you see the tweets that were going to Kathleen Kennedy when Star Wars Twitter posted, Happy Birthday, Kathleen Kennedy? I'm sure it was awful. Oh, <laughs> shit, man. Like, they tore her up. Like well, you're the be. worst thing about Star Wars and this and that. Like it can't be. It can't be much worse than the comments she got one on the the Forces female picture though. Right. Like uh, it's it, it you know 
It's to be expected, I would say. Well, anyway, <laughs> we, we're having these people who basically have a presence in Star Wars, whether it be, like I said, Ryan Johnson, Luke, uh, I was going to say Skywalker, uh, Mark Hamill, or you know any of these people. They're starting to kind of fire back. And it's been really interesting to see how this unfolds. So um, Ryan Johnson, you know, replied to this whole Kelly Marie Tran thing going down and said, uh, what we talk about when we talk about man babies, right? (laughs) And saying, like, these people who are upset about The Last Jedi and didn't like where he took the fan, you know, the the, this this movie franchise and just refers to us as man babies. Um, he also says on Twitter, he says on social media, a few unhealthy people can cast a big shadow on the wall, but over the past four years, I love, I've met a lot of real feather fellow star Wars fans. Uh, we like and dislike stuff, but we do it with humor, love and respect. We're the vast majority and we're having fun and doing just fine. Thoughts. Yeah, so so Ryan Johnson is 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 a, a particular concern to me. So, um, you know, really, when I look at the the three people that I'm the most unhappy with when it comes to Lucasfilm creative, I would say that they are JJ to a lesser degree, Ryan Johnson, and then and then Kathleen Kennedy. Now, Kathleen Kennedy, she's sort of in the background, right? We don't hear as much from her directly. Right. Um, Ryan Johnson has probably been the most vocal person politically when it comes to the the creative administration i guess you could say at lucasfilm it's people that are um and, and it's telling it's really telling that he's the director that despite making the i in my opinion most most garbage star wars movie that he's the one that they chose to film to to head up an entire new french uh trilogy you know there, there's something very very telling about that and and this gets a little bit more into a um into, I guess, what would be a little bit of a deeper level of conversation. Because when we talk about something like this, there's always going to be multiple levels of analysis. So there's there's the level we're talking on now, which is just like this the franchise, right? There's good, you know, is it good, is it bad, you know, all these sorts of things. Very much Star Wars, right? And then you go a level deeper, and then you get into the political stuff that we've been talking about, where you get into the Democrat versus Republicans and how that whole... Thing has affected the debate and then you drill down one level deeper and you get into really the the bedrock i guess you could say that all argument is come from and you know this is where can we get a little bit into uh you know me giving away that i had a bit of a philosophy major but when it comes to the core bottom line argument i've been thinking for a while that the best way to explain the difference between um the original trilogy uh, and most particularly the new iteration, 7, 8, um, and, and presumably 9, is that they are both, they were both, they were each reflective of two completely different schools of philosophy, essentially. So the original Star Wars trilogy falls into what the category of what we would call modernism, right? It's, it, modernism was basically the dominant um, philosophy of probably the majority of the 1900s, especially up until you got to like the 70s or 80s, when, 70s, 80s. When things start to change and modernism is exactly what we talked about before it's big archetypal stories it's it's the old stories of mankind right it's the hero who you know starts out somewhere in the middle of nowhere and uh goes off on an adventure and saves the galaxy and it turns out that all this you know luke skywalker and his his story and his arc throughout the original trilogy i mean it's it's textbook modernist philosophy and it's the exact same philosophy that the united states 
and the idea of individual rights and freedom was found built upon, right? Star Wars speaks, the original Star Wars trilogy speaks to American sensibility, right? It speaks to the desire for freedom and justice and all these different things. The newer Star Wars trilogy, and Episode Eight is the particularly bad offender here, um, and what is why I, I feel comfortable uh, referring to Ryan Johnson as this, is, is the opposite, right? Postmodern. And postmodernism is the philosophy that has completely taken root within the Democratic Party, and it's and it's the guiding philosophy that you know the creative heads that we've been talking about are using when they approach Star Wars, which is basically flipping modernism on its head. It's the inverse, right? Um, so, so in other words, you know, where the original trilogy is about a hero who rises up and become, you know, and figures out his place in the universe, and you know, goes off and saves people, right? Postmodernism is exactly the opposite. In postmodernism, the heroes fail. In postmodernism, the heroes are weak and they're useless. Think Luke from the new movie. Um, they're, you know, who the hero is and who the bad guy is is kind of shaky. You know, think the way things have gone right. with Kylo and Rey. Sure. Right. It's completely the opposite. And the problem is, is that and the reason why so many people are upset is because, yeah, I mean, there is some great postmodern movies and stories and things out there. But that's not what Star Wars is. Mm -hmm. Star Wars is the story about the hero, the good guy, the plucky adventurer who's up against all these horrible odds, mm -hmm. but still manages to win the day because of, you know, because of his heart and because of, you know, how much he cares and because of his skills and his luck and all of these different things, right? It's, it's about the hero that overcomes impossible odds. Mm -hmm. That's what Star Wars has always been. And it's one of the reasons why Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie. Because Rogue One, that's ultimately what it is. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's a war story. It's more, in that sense, it's got more of the wars than any Star Wars. Correct. Um, but, but what I really, really love about Rogue One is that it is, it is a quintessential, it is almost a love letter to the original trilogy. And, uh, you know, it, it's the quintessential Star Wars story. You've got Jyn Erso, who I do not think was a particularly well-acted character. I don't I... think Jyn, er Jyn Erso was a great character. Was it, or, or, she was a great character. She was very well written. She was not particularly well acted. I don't care. The reason I don't care is because the character was solid. You know, it was solid enough. And, and ultimately, the plot that she was involved in, the story she was involved in, it was Star Wars. Right. It was the rebel who was on the run from the time she was a child. And she got involved with a bunch of shit that she didn't really understand. But, you know, she her 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 heart and her, her moral judgment guided her through. Mm -hmm. And ultimately... You know, she made the galaxy a better place through her sacrifice. It's classic Star Wars. And when you compare that to, you know, 7 and 8, it, it, you know, it, it, it's just a clear, clear, clear difference in, in the, pri the artistic priorities and, and what they're ultimately trying to do. With 7 and 8, they're trying to take things in a new direction. And it's not a direction that people are, are comfortable with because it's not what Star Wars was ever supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So Ryan Johnson also so one one fan uh, or let me rephrase that in the eyes of Ryan Johnson man baby right <laughs> went ahead and tweeted at Ryan Johnson and said critique and showing up uh, critique and showing dislike against something is trolling good tactic whatever makes you sleep at night Ryan Johnson replies with done with this disingenuous bullshit. You know the difference between not liking a movie and hatefully harassing a woman so bad she has to get off social media, and you know which of those two we're talking about here. Right, and and this and the, you know when you talk about things being disingenuous or completely facetious, I mean this is this is why I'm comfortable calling Ryan Johnson a postmodernist because he is a he is an ideologue. He is a person who is completely controlled by the same philosophy. 
that, you know, that, that he was working under when he was making this movie, is that his goal in making episode eight was to shake up the formula. It was to undermine everyone's expectations, and he did it with this sort of identity politics direction in mind, where, and you can see it very clearly in that answer, right? Somebody is saying, you know, somebody makes a perfectly reasoned argument, which is, you know, hey, we're not being racist and, you know, not everybody's being racist and sexist. Some people just didn't like your fucking movie. Right. And for him to then immediately go and say, oh, disingenuous bullshit, is to imply that if you don't like the movie, it's because you're a racist, sexist person. And and J.J. <laughs> Abrams made exactly the same argument in, a, in, in an interview that he did a little while back when he, he actually said that, you know, as we said before... He actually said that if you do not like seven and eight, the only possible reason can be because you are terrified of strong, independent women, which is nonsense, right? I'm, I'm, theory, you know, uh, theoretically going to get married to a strong, independent woman, and uh, and you know, I like her just fine. Most of the ones I've met have been great. You know, it's like this is this is nonsense, right? It, it's it and, it and it what it shows is a lack of character on the part of the people saying it, right? The fact that you would paint people with that brush is crazy. That you would that you would call somebody a a sexist when you know nothing about them other than that they disagree with you is is it's it's crazy, it's immoral and and it's and it's sort of shameful to be honest. I mean, it's like do you, do you really not hold your beliefs strongly enough that you can that you can defend them with reason and logic as opposed to just firing back, uh, you know, and telling somebody that they're an asshole? Like that's the point um, that that I think people are really trying to get at. Is like you've got all these anonymous fans that are out there in the ether on 4chan and different places, you know, that are that are doing all this hateful shit. But like at the end of the day. They're just anonymous assholes. But then when you get somebody like Ryan Johnson, who you would expect someone like that to hold themselves to a higher standard and to just get into into the fray and like start throwing out that if you think this, you are this. I mean, that 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 is that is what racism and sexism is. I mean, judging somebody by a set of characteristics as opposed to who they are is prejudice. That that's what that is. So to say that you know, if you're a white person and you disagree with the direction that this series has gone, to say that that just makes you an angry white person, that is a racist statement. <laughs> that is that is racism. To say that because you are white, you think X, that's racism. Um, and, and so it, you, what we end up with is this gigantic mess. And it's really just been starting to, I mean, it's, it's, it's been building since seven. It took off after eight, but in the la it's only been in the last couple weeks, the last say, month or two, that it's really started to just get gross. Yeah. I mean, it's been pulled, and it's more and more it's been pulled out of Star Wars and into the political sphere, where Star Wars is a political talking point yep. now. Right? The direction that Boy, Star Wars is going... you are so happy. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it's so fun to talk about, but 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 it's become it's become this political talking point now, where, where, you know, people, and this is part of what people, some of us are actually upset about. You know, in some sense, it's fun, I think it's fun that these spheres are crossing because I have an interest in both Star Wars and politics, but there's also a level on which I'm very much like, please, for the love of God, keep politics out of Star Wars, right. and which I think the majority of the people that are upset with this direction, that's how they're feeling. They want politics to stay out of Star Wars, and what we're seeing is something even worse than that. It's not just that politics is getting into Star Wars, it's that Star Wars is being dragged into politics. Oh, yeah. Um, in a in a really big way. I mean, it's it's you know, Ray in some sense has been taken as this like this like ultimate feminist icon, you know. And and there's been so much debate just over her character. You know, I make the argument that she's not a very compelling character because she's a Mary Sue. Her being a female has nothing to do with her character being compelling or not. Even if Daisy Ridley isn't the best actor in the world, you know, 
The character would be fine if she was a little better written and had some actual flaws and nuances to her. But she's just she's just the good person that's amazing at everything and who like never once ever compromises her her moral compass even when she has no reason to have her moral compass be a certain way even when there's no real motivation for her to make a certain decision. I mean, the character is just not a very strong, robust character. Now, I am, you know, and 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 then you have other people who are who are you know who are on the radical left who are the opposite of me that are basically saying who are saying the exact opposite which is that you know it absolutely it doesn't matter if she's not well it's you know same thing i said it doesn't matter if she's not well it doesn't matter this doesn't matter that all that matters is that we finally have a female main character jedi that's all that matters it means progress and 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 that's that's it and and i like to think that star wars should be held to a higher standard right if for for something to have been such a classic at every level of analysis right it, it should hold itself to a higher standard than just here is a woman main character so we can have a feminist icon have her be female if you want, but don't make that the point, right? The point should be that, that we want to write a really interesting, compelling character. And if she happens to be a woman, that will make a stronger feminist icon than a character that is just there to be a woman and happens to be amazing at everything. That's the jar argument that I would make, is that if you want to make a feminist icon, don't make a feminist icon. Cast a woman as a really interesting character. Leia. Leia. Exactly. We had her, guys. We had her for the original trilogy. And we brought her back for seven, and we even managed to keep her at eight once she, once Carrie Fisher had passed away. We have the feminist character, okay? And, or, and if you want Rey to follow suit, you do what you did with Leia. You make her backstory interesting, you have her acted really well, you make her have interesting interactions with all of the other... I mean, this is not hard, okay? You just, you just write a character that's interesting, and you don't hire... The worst actor in the world, you know, you know, I don't know that Kelly Marie Tran was the worst actor, but like she did not do Rose any favors by being bad at acting, you know, and, and, th and this is where it all really ties in. You know, this, this is the core of the argument is that one side is making the argument that, you know, we would like to see attention be paid to character and story and plot and all the things that used to make Star Wars great. And then you've got a really tiny minority of that group that is just yelling that you're a, you know, you're what was it, what, Ching Chong and all these racial slurs, right? Making it seem like that's the whole group. And then you've got the other side, which I guess you could think of as the newer fandom that's really only joined up since we've, it's gone in this new direction, where all they care about is the feminist icon and all they care about is that now there's more diversity and these are and they're you know independently of plot and story they're willing to they're willing to construct it in their mind that they that the plot and the story and the characters were good just to make sense of that narrative right so you've got this weird divide that there really does to me does not seem to be much of a way to breach because you know how can you how can you take one group that's argument is diversity good no matter what and compare it to Diversity not always good, right? No matter no matter how reasonable the two arguments are, there's no way that those two groups are going to reach consensus, and that's a big part of the problem that we're dealing with, right? You know, there's a feeling I think among the older Star Wars fans like us that that in some sense Star Wars there are people coming in to try to make Star Wars their own when it when it's it was never the thing that they're trying to turn it into, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're pulling up uh, Youngstown up there. Yeah. Uh, so I, th I think I think that's a good point to kind of bring that to an end. Sure. We're gonna talk a little bit about Solo next, and and Solo. where 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 it's at in the box office, and our thoughts into that. But first, let's talk about our other sponsor, 
uh, here at the show. That is the Youngstown Comic-Con Convention. That's July 7th and 8th at the Covelli Center in downtown Youngstown, Ohio. If you guys are in near the Cleveland area or even nearby the Pittsburgh area, it's not that far of a drive, guys. Yeah, about an uh, hour one way, you'll be fine. Yeah. You've driven farther for crazier shit, trust me. Yeah, it's a it's a great show. Um, you know, the, the guys who run it... it you know, they always go out and get some really, really cool guests if you're a comic fan. Um, of course, we'll be there again with a table as well as out there promoting the show. Uh, we'll do a meet and greet um, as well as uh, we're going to be doing uh, two panels at that show from the sounds of it. Now. We're going to be doing the Cocky Cockpit Live. Um, so we'll be doing another live show of the Cockpit um, podcast. You guys can come out for that and uh, participate, be part of the audience, and even come up on the show and talk with us. Like we did last year, and then of course we're going to be doing Skywalker Feud again. So it's uh yeah, we got a pretty good lineup there. You guys could just check it out. You can either go to the Facebook page Youngstown Comic Con or just go to YoungstownComicCon.com. You can check out all the details there. But let's talk Solo. So cool. I know you heard, but Solo, it's not it's not doing too hot in the box office yeah, it's, right now. It's not doing too well at all. And you know, there's in terms of how it's performing, I think there's some part of me that's a little surprised and then there's also a part of me that is not surprised at all um so then and and uh, actually uh Seabridge made a couple of comments that i think bear a little bit on what i just said and so he said um i think the big thing is that liberals uh so when i say people on the left that's what we're really what we're talking about now i make a distinction there's a big difference between a liberal and a leftist if you're a liberal we can be friends if you're a leftist we probably can't <laughs> right <laughs> And he, what he's saying is, I think the big difference is that liberals, people on the left, see this as their only chance. They're hoping that by having diversity in a film, even forced diversity, that will eventually pave the way for good movies with diversity. Uh, maybe. I mean, I think that, I, I, that, that that might be a way that they see things. I think that to some degree there's a bit of intellectual dishonesty happening where they think that these, they think these movies actually are good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, and the, the, the diversity is a big driving reason for that. There might be, I think, a section of the fan base that feels that way. Um, and, and that motivator, I guess you could say, that feeling that it's being forced to make it normal, that's, a, I, I think, a, a factor in why Solo underperformed. So when I say that it doesn't surprise me, right, you know, there's, there's been a, a lot of effort in, you know, the articles we saw, and just in the, I've seen this in certain elements of the community at large, there's been a lot of effort from folks who are, who are leaning on the left to, to really sell the idea that the reason Solo underperformed had nothing to do with people being upset or people being not happy with episode eight or anything, you know, they, they're really trying to sell the idea that, you know, either it was a, it was bad marketing, or it was because it it only it was only five months after um, you know episode eight, and people just had franchise fatigue. You know, I've seen all of these different these different arguments, and I think there's some truth to those. But I also think it is really important not to ignore how many people hated episode eight. There are a lot of people who I would suspect did not want to go and see Solo because they felt betrayed by episode eight. I I think that that's that's going to be hard to to that's 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 hard to really refute and then there's also the i there's also some other things about the notion of solo as a movie right mm-hmm. there were a lot of people that were not happy with the idea of recasting han solo as anyone other than harrison ford 
I was one of them. Like when they announced Solo, a Star Wars movie, I'm like, really? Is this the this is this is what we're gonna do next? Right. You know, there are so many better things that we could do for Star Wars stories. You know, we've we've talked about wanting to have a, a either a Kotor movie or or live action series. We've talked about how cool it would be to return to the Clone Wars. We've talked about an Obi Wan movie. Uh, you know, all these different things. But the, but what they settled on doing was was recasting the most beloved Star Wars character. Right. I think they lost a lot of a lot of um, first weekend sales to that, um, and and I think that the rumors around the movie's production had a big part of it. I mean, you know, we we knew that they had switched directors three times. We knew that more than fifty percent of the movie had been reshot uh, during the post production process yep. to to make it sort of fit uh, Ron Howard's vision. Like we knew, and we knew that acting coaches had been called in for um, Alden uh, and and for I think one or two of the other characters, like. There was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that got leaked out and that got made public and that people were like, okay, this movie's going to be kind of crap. I went in expecting garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, when I went to, I, I, I did go to see it on opening weekend. I didn't go to the, the midnight, which is like, that's crazy. This is the first midnight showing I have not gone to. Um, you know, which like me, you know, I think that that doesn't bode well. I doubt I will go to the midnight for nine unless you get the tickets in advance like you usually do and well, force us I to mean, go. Well, I mean, hell, we look at midnight release, even I didn't go for Solo. Granted, right. I went the 9 a.m. and the 9 p.m. and the next day. Yeah, sure. On, I mean, on I, went, Friday, I, yeah, I, went, uh, I went 4 p.m. the following day, so right. it's not like I waited that long. Mm-hmm. But we were still there opening weekend. Yeah, I didn't necessarily feel like it was worth it for me to stay up and be tired and miserable at work the next day to see a movie that I didn't think was going to do very well. Right, so so you know, I thought it was going to be like a two out of ten. I was pleasantly surprised, and so in some sense, that's why I'm surprised. I'm like, I thought it might do better because once a bunch of people saw it and thought, oh, it's it's okay, that the word of mouth would get out that like, oh, it's not actually a shit show. It's cool, like go see it. It's it's decent. I thought that might happen through word of mouth, but I I think that really, I, you know, I'm not surprised with how it's done because of all the things that I've said. There's there's all this stuff. You know, the, there's all this stuff out there about how well, you know, it, you know how it was going to be terrible and, and, you know, pissed off people from episode eight to where I just don't think any amount of any amount of marketing or hype would have really overcome that fact. And you can talk about Star Wars fatigue, but like to, to, to counter a direct point that was made in one of the articles we were reading, like no, I was I was going to highlight that real quick here. So this is the, the closing paragraph of this article by. Scott Mendelson over there on Forbes.com. Uh, yeah, he was not a very good, but it's a, the closing paragraph is interesting. And that's I want to cover. It says, it wasn't Star Wars fatigue, Last Jedi backlash, or poor marketing that doomed Solo, a Star Wars story. It's the idea of making a merely okay Han Solo prequel where the only hook was that it was a young Han Solo prequel. The marketing and the initial pre- uh, reviews presented an accurate picture of the movie uh, in its completed form, moviegoers had all the information they needed, including the finished film's quality and whether the new Han Solo was decent uh, was a decent enough Han Solo. Armed with that information, movie sire, moviegoers decided to stay home or see something else. Yeah, and that's obviously an overly simplistic analysis because all of those different things that he said were not part of it were factors, clearly. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that his point is good. You know, that, that people expected it to be fairly mediocre, right? And so, hey, you know, we don't necessarily need to uh, we don't necessarily need to go and see it right away. But but it's you can't ignore you can't ignore the last Jedi backlash. You can't ignore people being upset with the way that things are going. 
And and there was a point that was made about Star Wars fatigue, you know, movie fatigue. It's like, listen, man, Marvel has released two or three superhero movies every year for the last decade. They're, exactly. They're, you know, That's a good, my exact point. You know, they're, them releasing this movie five months later has very, very little, if anything, to do with, with the performance. I mean, you know, if if anything was, was hurting it based on the timing, it was the fact that it came out two weeks after Infinity War and one week after Deadpool. It had nothing to do with the fact that Last Jedi was five months previous because, as we've established many times over and as everybody knows, Star Wars fans are Star Wars fans, right? If you don't go, if you're a Star Wars fan and you're not going to see a Star Wars movie on opening weekend, you have a reason. You know, there's nobody, nobody misses that without a good reason. You know, so, so I think, I think making the argument that it, that it was just, it was just because it was meh, that's, that's a cop out, right? Yeah. That's a complete cop out. Game nights over there on twitch.tv. Join the chat just like you can every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Weighs in, well, it was a money grab for them. And yeah. isn't that funny how that played out? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and Solo is, <laughs> it's, it's kind of shameless, man. Well, I mean, you know, I made the argument that the only reason uh, I, I, you know, this is—it's sad. It shows that how much, how little I care about it. What are what are the bird, the penguin things in episode? Porgs, porgs, right? I, I still insist that porgs only exist to sell stuffed animals. I, I mean, that's that's why they were created, yeah. and and it definitely there was some a lot of that I think happening with. Um, with with solo as well uh, i said he also said large part of it is nostalgia most people are going to hate it no matter how good it would be yeah and and this is what i mean when i said that like why would you make salt like why solo yeah right you're you're you know <laughs> it's it, i remember thinking this when they re, when they made the shadow of mordor video game it's like so you're telling me that you're going to make a video game that is set in one of the most beloved settings in all of nerd culture and it's going to be about a part of the story that's never been told before, and you're going to introduce all new characters. Like, are you? Are is this a suicide note? Like, that was my initial thoughts. Now they knocked that game out of the park, and all was was lost. But that's the same game that Disney and Lucasfilm are playing right here. They're taking a franchise that is near and dear to people's heart, and then they're going in and they're taking the character that everybody loves the most. And you're gonna you're gonna re you're gonna you're gonna explore parts of that character's backstory that have never been touched before, and you're gonna do it with a new actor playing the main character. Yep. I mean, you are asking for trouble unless the movie is like five gold stars, ten out of ten. You are asking for people to get pissed off. So like that, it's just not a smart uh, decision in in the first place. Uh, so let's see here. after Seabridge uh, says. It's hard because we're getting to a place where it's literally suicide to make a movie about a straight white male. True. Not because the movies suck, but because of the political climate. Also true. I feel stupid for having to explain to people that I want to be represented on film, and they laugh in my face saying, well, you've had, you know, we've had over 100 years of movies following straight white males. It's our turn. I have to tell them I don't feel a connection to these movies. They don't represent me. They represent straight white men of the past, not today. I want to still be accurately portrayed today just as you are. And that's, that's a perfectly valid argument because we're talking about exclusion here i mean you're basically talking about this argument of like well hey you know white people have been evil forever so <laughs> now it's time for you know everybody else to have a turn it's like well that's not equality you know if you're if you're talking about if you're talking about seeking equality that's one thing but when you're talking about what it, that what is essentially you know vengeance which is the idea that you did wrong to us you know your ancestors did wrong to our ancestors therefore we're going to do wrong to you today that's nonsense that's holding people accountable for sins for for, for sins that are not their own right basic you know basic and this gets in right back to identity politics right <laughs> it all comes back to that it's the, it's that idea it's that idea that you know hey uh 
because you're white, you are benefiting from the the things that the gener you know your parents and your grandparents and all the generations of white people before you did that we you know that people who are not white don't get to benefit from. Therefore, you should be punished, right? That's 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 insane, right? If you have you know, and and I'm not going to deny that white people and white men in particular, you know, men prior to 1920 of any you know of any race compared to women have had it really well in this in this country and and throughout the world throughout history that's that's obviously true but short of moving to the uh short of moving to communism or or absolute redistribution redistributive redistrib socialism which is what the postmodernists want i mean the people that are making the star wars movies now they are socialists um short of doing that there is no actual way to correct for those imbalances so if you're someone who's born privileged with a little bit more money you got to earn it you know, don't just be the shitty rich asshole that like rides on his parents' success for his whole life, and <laughs> don't be that person. You know, if it, you know that that makes you a bad person. If you if you have privileges that you do not work to earn, yeah, that makes you a bad person. But you also, you know, there's nothing that can be done about them, right? It would be this. It would you know, blaming somebody for being born with privilege is the same as blaming someone for being born without it. Right, you're 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 assigning a negative connotation or a negative label to someone based on an, an, an a, a characteristic that they do not control, that they did not decide, that they did not change. Right? It's like you know, if you hate somebody for being gay, you're hating them for something that they cannot control or change about themselves. It's the same thing if you hate somebody for being white. Um, you know, and and that's not a popular opinion in the postmodernist crowd because part of postmodernism operates on, you know. It's a transformation of Marxism. You know, at one point it used to be the rich versus the poor. Now it's the oppressed versus the oppressor. It's the same shit, different bucket. You know, it, we've been playing this game for a hundred years, and and to you know take things in, I guess, the darkest direction I could. We played we played this game in the uh, in the 1930s, in the 40s, in the 50s. Uh, and uh, and here's the thing, man. We had about 100, 150 million people that died as a result of it. So every time we play that game, the corpses stack higher than the ceiling. I would prefer not to see large, large numbers of people get murdered and killed again. So maybe we should go back to the part where we just treat each other as individuals and decent people and uh, and we don't worry so much about all of this racist, sexist garbage. Hey, real quick, thank you, Game Knights, so much for the donation. Appreciate it, uh, man. You know, $5 to the Cocky Cockpit, helping us fund our way to Star Wars Celebration. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, be sure to go check out the Game Knights over there on Twitch.tv. They do some fun stuff. I yeah, <laughs> you love board games, you will love the uh, the Game Knights. Uh, again, just check them out. They're awesome. Um, so, you know... Solo, it's not doing well in the box office. Who's to blame? What's going on? Um, you know, a lot of people are laying a lot of blame on Kathleen Kennedy. And uh, rumor is right now that uh, she might be stepping down from her role at Lucasfilm as president. Finally. Um, Ding you know, dong, the witch is dead. So we, we talked about some of these articles and, and the, the like these opinion pieces. And this one here is by Mark Hughes over on Forbes.com. And his title alone, I'm going to read the first paragraph. That's all I'm going to read. But his title is, Kathleen Kennedy is still the best person to make Star Wars movies. What's his name again? Mark Hughes. Oh, Mark. Okay. The first paragraph reads, Rumors surfaced this week that Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy might step down from the company leadership in the aftermath of Star Wars a Stor uh, Solo, a Star Wars story's box office failure. 
This comes amid rampaging racism, sexism, and other extreme toxic behavior from the segments of mostly male, and then in parentheses, and mostly white fans who've taken to harass female actors and artists for existing. Because if because if Kathleen Kennedy's talking about stopping down, it has to be because of the evil white people. This is all part of a larger bigoted backlash from uh, of complaints against Star Wars for bigoted. See, I love, <laughs> I love that it's people like... of color and other types of diversity into the previously predominated white male storytelling. So I want to. I really like. I love the word bigoted, man. Like you want to, you want to talk about, you want to talk about like political buzzwords, man. Like if you use the word bigoted, and you're not making fun of people that use the word bigoted, I there's like a ninety nine point seven percent chance you're a radical leftist who thinks that the communist utopia should come again. <laughs> Holy crap, man! Like you just, you, it's it's a word that's just designed to make people feel uncomfortable. I mean, let's let's that's great. Like let's just say. You know, Kathleen Kennedy is still the best. She's the best choice to make Star Wars. And you know what? The only reason that that's even in question is because of all the scary racist white people. You know, <laughs> like it, it just it's like it's so intellectually dishonest. It's so facetious. It's so racist, sexist as well, mm -hmm. since he specifies men and white men. Yeah. You know, uh, to to you know, he's talking about all this racist, sexist commentary that's being thrown around, and here you go and you open your first paragraph with it. <laughs> you you know, you're not helping the situation, Mark. You are an asshole, Mark. And we don't care about your opinion. But are, are, are you gonna are you gonna go to Twitter and make him delete yeah, gonna, his Twitter we're gonna, account? We're gonna, we're gonna listen to, <laughs> to to the to the 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 scary trolls that are out there. You know, all of you horrible racist and sexist white men. What's what's his name? Mark Mark Hughes. Hughes. Mark Hughes. You got to find him, and you just got to make Hughes him of Forbes. .com. Yeah, you just you just got to harass him until he until he deletes his social media. That's what you got to do. Uh, but anyway. Uh. <laughs> Marquis article aside, you know, this rumor isn't just reported on by by Forbes. No, it seems like it's actually a thing that she may step down and and to you know, my opinion on this should be pretty obvious to people and again, I'm owning my bias here like I don't like Kathleen Kennedy. I don't like her politics. I think her politics are her for her I think her politics come before her artistic integrity. Um, which she doesn't have any. Uh, <laughs> pretty obvious if you've been paying attention to the way the movies have kind of gone way up and down in quality over the last few years. Um, you know, I, I don't think she's the person to be running the organization. When you make the kind of extremely political publicity stunt of appearing with a, a group of women wearing shirts that say the force is female, it's, it's the force. It's, it's a mystical energy field. It doesn't have a gender. You know, it, it's, it's, it just is, right? To say that the force is female, you are trying to make an open and knowingly aggravating political statement. There are going to be people that are going to find that extremely ag aggravating, and it's not going to be a small minority. And to pretend that it is, is just playing into this, this facetious degree of argumentation that we've been talking about this whole time. You know, I, th I think that, that getting, her, getting her out and replacing her with somebody hopefully, that would be able to come in without that kind of taint on them. Somebody who doesn't have a political association that's well-known, who's, who you know, honestly, like, if you want to bring in, like, Joss Whedon, or, or I mean, not, not as president of Lucasfilm, that would, he's not, right. that's not, he's not, he's a director, but, but you get my, you might take, you know, somebody, somebody that has, that has some creative chops that is not regarded primarily as a political figure, that is probably the best move that Disney could make in term to to regain um, 
I guess you could say fans trust in the franchise, saying, "Hey, we're gonna try. We're gonna we're gonna try a new person." This person is not a political person. They do not have a political agenda. They have a solid track record creatively in making films. You know, if they can find somebody like that, that's that is the smart move to make. If if Disney wants to rebuild, um, you know, the uh, you know, the fandom's trust uh, in in the direction of the fan franchises, you you need to take the you get rid of her, take the opportunity to to to, to make the whole thing non political again, and 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 go from there and and. You know, and we've seen this with Marvel. I mean, Disney Disney has done some things here and there. You know, there's been there's been strains of that in Marvel, but not to the degree that we've seen it in Star Wars. I mean, you know, Marvel's been going for ten years strong, and they've managed to, or you know, primarily keep things about the you know about the heroes and the conflicts that are happening. Black Panther was sort of a glaring exception to that, um, as we saw from the you know the community response to it in the Marvel community, and of course in the broader culture and the broader film community. You know, Black Panther was kind of this ex- exception, mm. but on the whole, they've managed to keep this continuity uh, with Marvel, and they don't seem like they're going to be stopping anytime soon. They understand that the formula is to make interesting movies about interesting characters who get put into interesting situations. That's the essence of good storytelling. If they took the exact same approach that they took with Marvel and applied it to Star Wars, you know, we wouldn't we wouldn't be in this mess. And this this mess is existing because, as we've said, political positioning and political uh, movement have been core focuses of the creative team since Disney acquired Star Wars with episodes. You know, ultimately, I think that's where the problems come down to when we talk about this. And and so that's what I'm going to say is like, is Kathleen Kennedy the worst, most awful, horrible person ever? No, obviously not. She's fine. She's probably a decent person to spend time with. I don't know. But <laughs> she's not led the she's not led the franchise in a good direction. She's made a lot she's done a lot of very controversial, very political things. She's in a lot of ways directly responsible for how politicized Star Wars has become in the last call it six to nine months, maybe a year or two. You know, if you if you want to if you want to go farther and farther down that rabbit hole, keep her around. You know, if you want to get Star Wars back to a place where, you know, it's primarily about the story and the characters and we can win back the trust of the, you know, the older fans like us, then what you do is you you get re- you get rid of her and you get somebody in there that is not talking politics, that is not acting in a political way and that is not infusing the creative the creative element of the franchise with political discourse. In a nutshell. Yeah, very good. I mean, there's there's been a couple of names. I've there's two names in particular I heard being thrown around that are possible successors to her. Um, one would be Dave Filoni, Pittsburgh homeboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think that's as much as that's a, I think all of a dream of all of ours for him to be taking over. And I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's got the resume and the chops for the position. I think he's much in a much better position in the creative team than he does actually as a president of Lucasfilm. The other name I hear thrown around, I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically the gentleman who runs Pixar. Ah, okay. So Hey, Pixar's done some fantastic work in the last 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. so hey, might be the right guy for the job. I don't know how political this person is, but, yeah. you know, be interesting to see. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. So, but in the meantime, guys, if you... Uh, are a fan of the Cocky Cockpit, and you guys would like to help support us the show, there's a couple different ways you can do so. Like I said at the beginning of the show, you can go ahead and leave us a like. 
Uh, you know, you can give us a follow, join the Scum and Villainy, give us a review. You guys can also donate to the show just by hitting below uh, on Twitch.tv to our donate button and drop a, a donation just like the Game Nights did tonight with a $5 donation. Again, thank you so much to Thanks that. Again, man. You guys can also head over to tpublic.com slash user slash cocky cockpit uh, or just head over to cockycockpit.com and just hit the store button. It'll take you a direct link to it. Go pick up a shirt, guys. Uh, they're 20 bucks. Support the show. You know, wear your pride. Uh, show your like cock me. off, you know? Like, whip that shit <laughs> Dicks out for Harambe. Dicks out for Harambe. <laughs> but yeah, guys, we would really appreciate it if you can help us support the show. Um, you know, and again, if you guys want, feel free to tune in like you can every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern where you guys can join the chat, whether that be on Twitch.tv or on YouTube. You guys can be part of the chat, Do part, it. part of the conversation, just like Seabirch, just like the Game Nights. Again, guys, thank you so much for coming out. Um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a hell of a ride. Only time will tell. And uh, we'll see you guys next week from the Cocky Cockpit.